1: Welcome to the Off Deadline Podcast. I'm Matthew Reed. Today, I'm speaking with Sue Gabriel, the Executive Director of Beverly Bootstraps, an organization that provides a variety of assistance programs to the community, from food assistance to year-round youth and family services, adult education, tax preparation, and much more. Sue talks about these programs, the organization's food pantry, and ways members of the community can volunteer or donate. Here is my interview with Sue Gabriel from Beverly Bootstraps. So, Sue, thank you very much for joining me. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, how you came to the organization and what you did before that?
0: Sure. I have been in the nonprofit sector for a very long time. And I think dating way back to when I was a young child, I've always been a helper. And so it's interesting because helpers do tend to find the nonprofit industry a really good fit for them. Um, my background's very varied a lot of communications, some business. And I ended up sort of funneling into the development world, uh, that part of it. So the fundraising, uh, talking to people about how they could help. And uh, it was sort of a natural transition to end up being an executive director because many times a lot of what you're doing is asking people to help you meet the mission of the organization that you're leading. And did you grow up in the Beverly area? I did not. I grew up uh, in Tewksbury, actually. And, uh, my, but my husband grew up in Beverly, although it was interesting because we were living in South Carolina, oh. and he uh, was opting to get back into this area, but we were looking anywhere within about four hours of the New England area, sure. and it was just uh, really great that we ended up back in Beverly because it's a fabulous community.
1: And so you live in Beverly now. We um, do. What sorts of other things are you involved in, in the community?
0: So I am part of the Beverly Rotary Club. I'm actually a board member right now. And I sit on the Affordable Housing Trust for the city. And I go to church as often as I can. And I have three children, so they've been, uh, obviously, they've gone through the school system. And so I feel like I'm well embedded in the community personally as well as professionally.
1: And talking about Beverly Beach draft specifically, what is your role as executive director entail?
0: Well, there is never the same day twice. Uh, the, the, this is an interesting uh, very interesting position. Uh, basically, what, the way that I look at my role, it's to make sure the organization is meeting its mission. And that we are fiscally sound in order to do that. And those are the two guiding principles that I follow all the time. Uh, but that can mean many different activities. It can mean ma- managing staff. It can mean working with board members. It can mean being out in the community and explaining all the amazing things that we do. So it's a it's a fabulous job. I, I absolutely believe so strongly in the work that we do and that we are very successful in helping people in the community that need our help.
1: And you mentioned the people who work for Beverly Hills. How big is the organization? How many people are involved in it?
0: Uh, We actually have 43 staff members. We have three folks who are contracted in in various positions. Uh, And then we have about 230 volunteers who help us out every year and we have a board of about 12. And we are um, starting sort of a new uh, a new way to be involved and those are advisors to some of our board committees and I think we're up to about six at, at the moment. Um, and then we have a whole group of people who have been involved in the past that are friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably 20 to 30 strong. So a lot, a lot of people who come to us in order to help us meet our mission. Is,
1: yeah, more than I was expecting. Now, how, how has the organization grown over the years in terms of either who works there or in terms of the scope of what you are able to provide?
0: It's grown tremendously. I've been with the organization now for over 10 years, and in that time, we've seen it has abs- it has tripled or more in terms of the number of folks who need our help um, but also then that means all the capacity around the organization must increase in order to meet that need. And so, for instance, our staff is probably four times what it was 10 years ago. Um, our volunteers have stayed fairly steady um, and our board has fluctuated up and down, actually. So, sure.
1: um, Now, you had mentioned that you always keep in mind the mission of the organization. I guess what how would you describe what that mission is? And also you said that the organization has grown. Has the mission changed or has it always sort of stayed the same course?
0: So I'm going to answer your last question first. Uh, The mission has remained essentially the same. From the very beginnings of this organization, it's always been about helping people who are in some sort of financial distress. Uh, The understanding back back when it was formed, is that there is a root cause to hunger. And so if you can address w- uh, many of the economic stressors that are happening, then maybe you actually won't have to be giving people food. And so um, that soul of the organization is still very alive and well today. The size and the breadth of the programs are, have grown uh, and we've had to address some different and new needs over the, the years that we've been doing this work. Uh, but at the essential mission is the same. What can we do to help um, meet the immediate needs of, of someone who comes to us for help? Is that food? Is that rent? Is that the immediate needs? And then can we work with those people uh, to see if they can find that stability and if we're, if, you know, if it all works out really well, maybe even self-sustainability. And that's, that's we're going to work with each person very individually, but, you know, if we can get them to that stability and self-sustainability, that's, that's a good day at Beverly Bootstraps.
1: You have the food pantry. I know that's, you know, when people hear the name, that might be where they go, but um, anyone who goes to the website will see that there's a lot more to it than that. Um, can you talk about Sort of in a broad view, what the programs are and what the specific assistance um, types that you provide.
0: are. Sure. So again, if someone comes in through the door and there's a very specific need they have, they're they're hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna we're gonna immediately, no hurdles involved. We're gonna immediately sign them up for the food pantry, and get them into um, some food you know, food assistance because it's a very immediate need and likely if they're hungry and they've come to us, there's not anything else that they can think about really until we resolve that for them. Um, Likewise, if it's a housing issue or something really sort of on that basic needs front, we need to solve that with them as quickly as we possibly can. If we have someone who has heard, hey, there um, there are ways that I could maybe change the trajectory of my employment, I've never got my high school diploma. I need to go in and get the equivalency exam. We're going to let them come directly into our high set preparation program, and we're going to help them see if they can get through that exam and get that. But along the way, we're going to chat with them about, hey, are you hungry, or you know, are how are other things in your world shaping up? Um, because what we recognize is the more well supported they are holistically the more likely they are to have the success of that longer term goal. Uh, So we, it's always around this circle of that economic stability issue for that client, but we do all kinds of things through um, the basic needs side, so that's any of our food assistance programs. Um, We have some case management that happens on that basic needs side, that would be things like filling out a SNAP application or helping somebody with rental assistance. Or maybe even writing a voucher to go up to our thrift shop so that they can get clothing if they need it, or household goods. And then we have things that w- that are, are addressed a little bit more longer term, and those are those programs like our high set preparation, our English language classes. We have some youth education programming that we help with, um, and then we have some special programs like our our Thanksgiving turkey. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure people are having a decent holiday. We have holiday gifts for the kids. We make sure children are outfitted with backpacks and school supplies when they go back to school, um, and we do tax preparation as well because we want our folks to get that refund because then they can put it back into rent or whatever other whatever other item that's on their list that they really need to be supported uh, economically.
1: It sounds like it's not. The sort of situation where someone comes in and you just tell them, here's how you get help. It's a, it seems like you're sort of with them each step of the way so that they know it's, it's you know, there's a partnership there.
0: That's the idea. Um, there is no same situation ever. Um, we can bucket. We can say, you know, a lot of people need help with a high, the, you know, if they could get their high set, then maybe they can move along in their employment. But there, are, there is just never the same story. And so it's really critical for us to sit down and understand who are we working with and what are their individual goals, and then how can we help them move along the process for them to achieve that goal. Um, We like to think of it as sort of some participant coaching, um, you know, that we're really a partner in this because if they don't invest, then we can't be successful. But if we don't offer those programs, then they don't have anywhere to have that partner and that coach and that. You know, whatever that support is that that they really need. And and we believe that, that getting around them as holistically as we possibly can, giving them as many support services as possible, it's much more likely that they're going to get to that stability place. And again, maybe even the sustainability place.
1: So it seems like the message would be, you know, some people might think, oh, my situation is different than this person or my situation is different than that person, but no matter what their situation is, it seems like the message would be services are available no matter.
0: What I would say is always come in and meet with a case manager. There may be a situation that someone has that we don't address, but we have a lot of good friends in Mm -hmm. the community Mm -hmm. who do great work. And we are very happy to help somebody find the path forward. It may not be at, may not be at Beverly bootstraps, although maybe a piece of it is. Um, But we certainly, our whole goal is if someone comes through our door, how can we help that person find that path forward in order to find that success?
1: being like a first step. Yes.
0: um, We're happy to be the first step.
1: And you'd mentioned the, around the holidays is when a lot of people do need extra assistance. The fact that it's, Cold weather out has a lot you know, to do with the people that you know, need heating assistance, that sort of thing. But what is the what do you see as the need year-round in order to support the programs that you do?
0: It's really interesting. Uh, I think people do naturally think of us during the holidays, and certainly there's a lot going on in, during mm-hmm. the holidays, and we appreciate that support immensely. And you're right, uh, you know, heating costs are up. Um, interestingly enough, though, typically we don't see heating requests uh, to us Till towards the end of the season because there are programs like LIHEAP in place that as long as our folks come in and they apply they're being supported by something like that until that runs out and then we see them um, but we are helping them uh, access a program like that but but interestingly enough from the food side of it we actually are busiest during the summer and some of that relates to children being out of school Mm-hmm. And so for families, the weekends and the summers are extremely, um, there's, a, there's a lot of pressure on our families then because the children who we help many times are on a free and reduced lunch program at school. So during the school week, they have that food available to them. Yeah. During the weekends, school vacations, and summer, that is not available to them, and it's very difficult for our families. So we, we have a big influx uh, in the summer in particular.
1: I know that that need has probably always been there, but it seems like at least, you know, for my job reading newspapers all around the North Shore, you see that in a lot of the papers that we cover, that sort of idea that school is a place where these kids are getting fed. Um, it seems like that is that part of it is getting more attention now than, than it ever had.
0: It, it absolutely is true. We actually have responded to uh, a new need in our community uh, that we, the, we were hearing from teachers that... They were recognizing that children were gorging on Fridays or they weren't eating and they were stuffing things into their pockets and then they were coming in on Monday quite hungry. And so we've actually launched a program to address that. We're working with the schools to make sure children have food available on the weekends.
1: And speaking in more broad terms about the work that you do, it seems like on the website when you go to your you know the services tab, a lot of it is geared towards children. Um, you know, have you noticed your focus changing that, like, it's more the relationship between how much you serve children versus adults versus families, like, is, how has that changed over the years?
0: I'm not sure that it has. Uh, I think, obviously, we want to make sure people of any age are are fed and are clothed and are housed. But what we recognize is an adult has an, has some power to affect a change in their trajectory and their life. A child really doesn't. A child is along for the ride for good or bad. And so I think that might be why you feel like um, we talk about children a lot. I think there's that recognition that uh, we are responsible as a society to make sure our children have those basic needs. Um, and, And what we recognize is if we can also support them in ways that they, they may find that sustainability in their lives, it's through education. So so the two places that you see a lot of our support to, to kids is food because they have to eat um, and through their families, housing and stability of, of some sort. And then the other piece of this is education. So the school supplies, it's no accident. Um, our after-school programs that are, that are around education, no accident because if a child does well in school, they have a tool to be self sustainable. If a child does not do well in school, the chances are good we're going to see them in our food pantry line later on in their lives. So it's a great place to invest for us.
1: And you mentioned the schools a few times. What is the the buy in been from the Beverly Public Schools and also from you know the government like local government in Beverly or just, you know, local businesses and local people, like what is the support men from the community to help you do amazing
0: what you do. absolutely amazing but i think that's because the community actually birthed this organization mm. it was through a church but um, but it, it, you know initially sort of a, it was a faith mission but it broadened very quickly into the rest of the community and so this organization was born out of the community needs but it was born by the community and it's continued to be supported by the community and we recognize, those of us who are there, we recognize we are just stewards for this organization. And we need to steward it very well and someday, when it's appropriate, hand it off to the next stewards. But always, 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 this is the community's organization. And so, therefore, we do what is right for the community. Because we do that, we... Um, in general, the school committee, uh, the school community, has been extraordinarily collaborative with us and supportive. They recognize that the better we do, the better their students will do, and um, they definitely, I think, look at us as a resource. And likewise, we have a, a wonderful relationship with uh, city hall, and um, we we work very closely with those folks that are. Uh, Trying to make our community better from the government standpoint, at least locally, um, but actually on the state level as well. We've got um, some great folks that represent our area and at the state level that do some great advocacy for the issues that affect our folks.
1: And you had mentioned the community support. What are some specific ways that people can um, get involved, whether it's through donations of goods or services or their time or, or that sort of thing?
0: Well, I'm I'm going to say the the number one easiest way to help us is to donate some money. Uh, We can turn it into, very effectively turn it into um, food that is very low cost to us or uh, into some rental assistance for somebody who really, really needs it um, or just to help us pay what it costs us to run our our organization and to be there when people need us. Uh, But if that's not the choice, that's okay, you know, bring us some diapers, bring us uh, some toiletries, bring us some food if you like, um, cereal's re- always really great to bring us, but look at our website for the specifics. And um, if you are so inclined, certainly come on in and talk to us about volunteering, um, check our website, get the, the application filled out first, and then, you know, we'd love to hear what your, your talents are, and if we can make it a good fit, that's always a great thing as well.
1: My thanks to Sue Gabriel. If you would like to learn more about Beverly Bootstraps, either about services they provide or ways to donate or volunteer, visit www.beverlybootstraps.org. And to listen to this or any other episode of the Off Deadline Podcast, visit www.wickedlocal.com slash topics slash podcasts. I'm Matthew Reed. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.
0: just going to run this